All right, Heather. Yeah. A, B, C, D, or E? Hmm. Um. I think I'm going to go with. You know what? Let's go with E. That is, I gave you a symbol of what to choose and everything. Oh, and I wasn't even looking. You didn't even look. Do you I have didn't. somebody for the Council of Good? Yeah, I had someone that, but it can wait. What, what was the, what letter did you say to do? I said C. <laughs> All right. I'm going to choose C. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, we have to do our week in Kanye news update. Oh, okay. So a lot of reports are coming out that at Nike and Adidas and the Donda school and pretty much every business that he's been a part of, he just regularly showed pornography to his employees. Just constantly. Just showing porn to people. Like if wow. you collaborated with anything with him, you know, in the studio, not in the studio, on shoes, clothes, anything, that motherfucker just showed you porn in the office constantly. You know, creating what we call a healthy working environment. Yeah, sure, like you do. Fuck, he is a scumbag. Mr. Wes. And then on top of all that, he goes... And has has lunch with with former President Trump at Mar-a-Lago, and did so with a well-known white supremacist and a neo-Nazi. And then after this dinner, even President Trump was like, "That man needs help." Wow. Wow. Man, and I'm—I don't mean that as anything disparaging towards the the ex president, even though I have my feelings on that. I'm just saying that even people that supported him in those types of things in the past have even now gone, "This motherfucker's crazy." That's crazy. He goes into a room with a known neo-Nazi, and apparently wasn't the worst one. Well, he was the worst one. The neo-Nazi wasn't. That's what's crazy. How do you out anti-Semite a fucking neo-Nazi? That's that's a different kind of record. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's crazy. That's the- Mr. West is wilding, man. Wilding out. Yeah. It's just, it is just. You just said, you know what? Forget everything. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, man, you remember my legacy? You won't. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That is pretty, uh, pretty crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, in in some other news, Kevin Spacey has signed for his first movie since winning or, you know, being found not liable in his civil lawsuit. Interesting. Okay. Real good week in news for people, huh? (laughs) Wow. So that's a thing. So, Wow. Cool. I love this world. 
It's fantastic. Right. Reviewing that, will we be doing a special review of that? Well, it's a British indie <laughs> film, so I doubt it. Okay. And I'm not going to lie, any... Uh, the short answer is no, Justin. I should just led with that. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was definitely the way to go. So, uh, in oh, other news, oh man, it has been pointed out to me by one Justin Taylor here. Might have been a little too harsh on Letitia Wright in the Black Panther episode. Apparently, since then she has apologized and. May or may not have been vaccinated, which I guess is not the point on that part of it, but may have been a little too harsh on her. I I don't necessarily still agree because I've, I've looked up a couple of different versions of it with how she apologized. But one of my big things with it was I was more or less saying she was unrepentant about it. And using her status in a negative way in that regard. And that is unfair to her. Like I said, if you you can't apologize and then be unrepentant, that's like a lot of my animosity towards it was hinging on that. And I simply did not know that she had apologized. Uh, One unfortunate thing in our country is that, you know, uh, apologies don't always get the same... uh, like fair that, you know, the initial criticisms or criticisms do in the news. You know what I mean? It was all over Twitter. It was all over Facebook. So many people were talking about it when she said that shit and when she posted that shit on Twitter. I don't remember anybody posting shit about her apology at the time, you know, or even giving her credit for deleting the video and all those things. You know what I mean? With, you know, so they didn't give the same effort with that. And, you know, but I, I just, I like, and I bring that up because that's why I'm supposing why I didn't see it. You know what I mean? Like, they were quicker to, you know, to post the fire and not really the extinguish, if you will. But I do want to give her credit on that. I can't really retroactively go back and enjoy the movie better because, you know, I haven't seen it since then. But I'm just, you know what I mean? I can't, I can't go back and take away those negative feelings I had watching the movie that I had when I watched the movie for when we did the episode. So I really can't fix that part of it, but I do want to give her credit that she had done the steps and, you know, done those things that I was adamant that she, or was upset that she hadn't done because I just didn't know she had. So I want to give her that credit because I mean, I do want to be fair about it. I mean, if I'm going to be that mad about her doing it, it should be also, as uh, I don't want to say apologetic because that's not the right word, but you know, I want to give her the same amount of credit for having done those things that I just didn't know. So, yeah, I want to make sure that's known. That's another reason why I wanted you to pick C. It's a little bit easier of a segue gotcha. if I'm already in that. Okay. Than going, hey, that's we just fair. did this council of good. Oh, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Let me that's eat a, a pie of crow, if you will. <laughs> but. I mean, kudos to her, though. I mean, so I just, you know, wanted to make sure that, it especially wanted to do it at the beginning because, like, 
that's like the most, you know, people haven't tuned out as much at the beginning. You might tune out by hour three of our fucking podcast because we're degenerate assholes that go that long. <laughs> but I'm hoping you haven't checked out the first eight minutes. So We're working on it, guys. <laughs> we are. Yes. So yeah. I, I wanted to make sure I said that, you know, when probably the most people will listen. To be fair. To her and to you, Justin, because you are the one that brought it up to me. And so. I want to make sure that, like, if I say something wrong, feel free to correct me. That is fine. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, and that's to, you know, you guys and listeners, everybody. I know I come across as a, as a firebrand of sorts, but if I'm wrong, I'm fine admitting it. Unless it's an opinion. Then fuck off. My opinion's right. <laughs> but on fact. Very different story. On factual, like on things that are fact. Yeah, no, I think the facts matter more than my, you know, what I thought the facts were. So, no, I just want to make sure. Put it out there. Yeah. And honestly, I just sort of ran into it by chance. I was It wasn't like I was looking for it. And I didn't know she had apologized either. Because like you said, there wasn't a lot of media or really any media on that, honestly. Like that I saw that was just about her apologizing and taking the stuff off of her social media. The only reason why I knew this came up was because she had been asked about it again. And it was a response to somebody asking her, do you think that because of your controversies and what you've done as far as when it comes to COVID is going to hurt the Oscar chances of the Black Panther movie of Angela Bassett and people like that? Somebody asked her that and and that was her defense to the question. And that's when I went, oh, she did apologize and did more digging into it. And, and But that was the first I had heard of it, really, was her mentioning it. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's why, you know, that's why I said what I said, that, like, we'll vilify in a second, but we don't always, you know, it's kind of like a newspaper when they print something, like, insanely factually wrong all over the front page. And then whenever they do the retraction, like, two issues later, it's on like page 29 and it's a paragraph. Yeah. You know, and like I said, that's why I wanted to put like a good faith effort out there. Like do it up front. Cause you know, that's, I don't want to sit there and do that and then go like at the end of the podcast, be like, Oh, by the way, apparently Letitia Wright apologized. Whatevs done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can't. So, I mean, I, I, that's why I wanted to be a little bit more fair about it up front. Cause and the thing is, too, if that is why, they they they, they don't get a uh, 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 an Academy Award nod of all the things. I mean, that's kind of sad. If Angela Bassett does not get an Academy Award nomination because of this, there's way more fucking things wrong with the Academy Award. I mean, yeah. maybe if they don't want to give Letitia Wright consideration for it, I mean, that's debatable at that point. But if they're not going to give Angela Bassett a nod because of this, like, what the fuck are you even doing? Yeah. Like, I think there's other reasons why she won't. Like, yeah, comic book movie. Yep. Right. <laughs> like that, yeah. But oh, that would be fucked up if Angela Bassett I mean, doesn't you, get nominated just because of this. 
And and if you think about it too, like any of these other people that are most likely going to be nominated for that same award, like let's think about the impact on the people who've watched it and like whose performance are they actually going to remember more? (laughs) Like, I feel like you think about best actress winners or nominees from the past even 10 years and you remember maybe a handful, you know what I mean? But then like people who aren't even nominated, you're just like, man, her performance is going to always be remembered as like one of the best things about this movie. You know what I mean? So it's kind of a, a weird twist like that. Oh yeah. No. So guys got anything else? Celebrity news wise. No, that was a, that was a good portion of it. All right. Uh, Good. So on that note, theme song. Cinema Slayers. 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 Hey, Cinema fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And tonight, we're going to talk about what we liked, didn't like, and everything in between with the new movie, The Menu. We will go spoiler-free, recommendations and scores, and then into a more spoiler-centric section with time codes in the description to allow you to jump around if you so require. And with all that, let's start with our resident culinary expert, Justin, who somehow thinks Burger King's a good fucking fast food choice. (laughs) Hey, man, they closed by Burger King that's closest to me on Andrews. They closed. Are you surprised? You were the only person Uh, that's gone there in the last 27 years. They they said it was for construction, but I haven't seen anybody building anything. I'm getting a little concerned about it. Yeah, Justin. Construction. Do you know what they're building? What? A quality Burger a King. Ma- a McDonald's? <laughs> no, a quality Burger King. That's why they're not building one. They're waiting for that to exist first. <laughs> oh, no. So oh, maybe, man. maybe in the year 2067. They will actually but, have finished construction there. But but they just got this new commercial campaign, you know, and BK, you rule. I like that, man. What is this, 1992 and they're going back to the Burger King Max kids meals? What the fuck is this? It just Burger King rules. rules. Fuck off. <laughs> I can have it my way, though. I hate to break it to you. You can have it your way at any fast food restaurant. <laughs> I mean... It's just Burger King has to stress it. But you know what? But you say that, Justin. It's They say you can have it your way, but you can never have it good. So. <laughs> so it's never really your way. Damn, never been my so way. Mean. Talk about this All movie. I know. I can't go to McDonald's <laughs> and ask for a flame broil burger. Anyway. Yeah, um, but you can ask for a good one. So it works out. Oh. Uh, oh. Uh, it's funny that we're talking about burgers, though, because when it comes to this movie, that's not really a spoiler, kind of, but not really. I'm not going to say any, any more, anything more about a burger. But um, 
uh, I really enjoyed this guys. To me, this was a pleasant surprise. Um, I'm kind of putting together a list of movies that I'm, and I'm going to like, uh, post about it. And, and I'm calling the list movies that you didn't watch, but you should have. Um, this is going to be one of them. I, I'm going to put this on the list. Uh, it, I, I really enjoyed this guys. Like, um, Ralph Fiennes was great in this as chef Slowick. Hope I'm saying that right. We're going to go with that chef Slowick. He was great. Um, in this as the, the, um, the chef inviting all of these people out to this Island to enjoy in some of the, uh, festivities, um, a celebration of his cooking as you will, without giving anything away. Um, Anya Taylor joy, uh, of course. I mean, Anya Taylor joy is somebody who I'm becoming a fan of. It seems like regardless yeah. of what she's in, whether it's a high quality film or not, she's never, the reason why I don't like anything. She's usually good. She always gives a great yeah. performance and you can, and she's one of those young actresses. I think you can see her just getting better and better. It's like, you know, how sometimes you have that uh, to, to give a sports analogy, like how you'll have that rookie quarterback or that rookie player and you can see them constantly improving. Kenny Pickett. How about that? Kenny Pickett of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Dude, say you Michael can see Parsons. him improving. Uh, yeah, Michael Parsons. Oh, is a great one. Um, I'm Because I'm not like, sold on Kenny. But Mike, Mike is good. But he's getting better, though. I mean, he's getting better. That's what's Think scary. About how he was. That's what's that scary. That first start. He's getting yeah, better. Yeah, true, true. But Michael Parsons is a better pick. But anyway, you get what I'm saying. Like, some people, you just see it in them. And it's like, man, you know, I, I may not be some expert at this or whatever, but the eye test is telling me this person is getting better. Anya Taylor-Joy is that, I think, fits that bill. She's just, um, every time I see her, she's improving. And every time I see her, it seems like regard when the, the meteor, the role, the more she seems to rise to the occasion. I think that's a good way of putting it. So I really enjoyed her in this movie. But they, and even though those are pretty much like your two leads, uh, man, the side characters are great in this. And I think sometimes a, the hallmark of a good movie is what are the side characters doing too? How do these supporting characters contribute to the story? And I think that in this, you had a bunch of people who were just great. Nicholas Holt um, and Hong Chow as Elsa. I really enjoyed um, Chow as Elsa. I thought that she was great. And Nicholas Holt as Tyler, kind of um, who's, uh, who is uh, Anya Taylor's date in this. Uh, her name is Margo in this, so Margo's date. He was great too. There are some de definite, there was some, a lot of great scenes with him where the way that he plays this character, the mannerisms that he used were great. So, yeah, I think from top to bottom, the acting is just top notch. And it's very important that it was for the kind of movie that this is. This being a movie about cooks and food and sort of that culinary type of background and place. And I mean, Sterling, you might be able to speak more from this than I can. But 
this very much felt like something that comes from that culture, like the culinary culture, food network, Gordon Ramsay type stuff. This is the kind of the kind of lingo, the kind of verbiage that's used throughout the movie and the way it tries to use camera shooting to really kind of accentuate these dishes and the food that you're seeing and stuff like that. This really felt like it was cut from that cloth. And I think that in order to bring a believability to this script, it had to do that. And I think that the movie executes that well. Um, but, but on top of all of the, the culinary goodness to be had in this, it, I thought it, this movie is great at building tension. I think that that's what it honestly does the best. Um, not all tension is the same and not all tension is created equal. Sometimes the tension is, Oh, where's the killer or this or, or this, that, and the, you know, sometimes it's, where's the killer? Where's the ghost? That, that type of tension. I think the cool thing about the tension here is that the, the movie constantly had me in a state of what's going on, but not in a good way, but, but, but not in a bad way. Sorry. Not in a bad way where you're just like, what the hell is going on with this movie? I'm confused. I don't understand anything. It, it, it was in a good way. It was like, man, what is this going to be about? What are we building to? You could feel the movie building, but you were always, but it, but it kept you wondering for a long time what it was building to, or what is the point of what is happening, or why is it setting up things this way? The movie does a great job of just keeping you in this guessing state. And once the movie sort of reveals itself and it sort of reveals like what is going on and what the character motives are and things like that, you're like, oh, okay. And then once you figure that out, like some, some movies sort of sputter and they become just kind of tedious. Once you figure out whatever the thing is, whatever the message is, you're kind of like, okay, well, what past that, there's really nothing to be had here. But I think the strength of this movie is that it gives you that. And then you want to know how it's going to end. You want to know what the resolution is going to be. You want to know, okay, how are we going to get out of this situation? And so you're right back in that place that you need to be for the third act, which I think was crucial for this movie. Um, and, and so it doesn't lose its momentum even after it gives you answers there's still something to look forward to. There's still something to guess and wonder about. And I think that ultimately is the strength of the movie is that it, it, it starts building momentum and building and building and building. And it never loses it all the way up until the end. You get to the end and it's satisfying. You understand what happened. And it's, an, it's a movie that honestly, it's been now like a week or two since I've seen it. I want to see this again. You know, I, I want to go back and kind of see what I missed. And I want to, uh, y you know, because I'm sure there are little things here and there and the name of the different titles of the meals we were eating and how that tied into the story. You know, I feel like there's so many layers to this. And even though I got most of it, I feel like I missed some too. Like that's what kind of movie this is. It was intelligent. It keeps you guessing. It, it builds great tension and it had great acting. So yeah, I really enjoyed this one. Heather, what about you? 
Yeah, I I share mostly the same sentiments that you do, Jastin, about it. Um, I think the word that I mostly can relate for this movie is creative. I think it's really like, I've, I've never really quite seen a movie quite like this before. So I think in that area, it really excelled because the entire time, like even up to like the last second of that movie, I was expecting something else to come up and happen. <laughs> like I just didn't really know what to expect at all times with this movie. Um, it was not predictable really. I don't think in any way, because it was just so like, you almost feel like you're going in blind. Like even when you see the trailer for this movie, you don't really feel like you fully know what this is about. And I appreciated that because it really just puts you on edge a little bit more when you're watching it. I think that they nailed the casting. Um, Ralph Fiennes, like we said, he was awesome as the uh, the chef. And Anya Taylor-Joy, I've been a fan of her since the first thing I saw her in, which was The Witch. Um, I've been a fan of her since then. And then seeing her in Split, seeing her in basically anything, Queen's Gambit. She's always exceptional. Um, she's probably becoming one of my favorite actresses right now. She's just always so good in everything that she does. Like, and I agree too, Justin. I feel like anything you see her in, she's never the problem with it. <laughs> and she's usually probably one of the best things about whatever she's in. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a fan of her for sure. And I think she did a great job in this role. Um, yeah, Nicholas Holt um, hadn't really, I mean, I guess you kind of have seen him play a similar type of character before, but the type of character he was was so great. But the characterizations they do of all of the people in this movie are really, really great. They're just so like the type of characters that they're supposed to be. They all are played that to a T and then some like they are just very well casted and they play the characterizations so well that they do in this movie. Um, yeah, it's it's got some dark comedy moments to it. It's got um, some depth to it. You know, I think it's uh, really just well shot and it's sim- simple a little bit. I mean, there's not a whole lot really to what they're doing with the film throughout um, with the exception of just some really nice scenery that you get. But yeah, I think it's the simplicity of the setting, I think is a really great contrast to the type of story they're telling in this. And I think that they really did that well. Um, yeah, I mean, I I just, it's so different and so unique and I really did like it. So yeah, I um, I was a fan for sure. I give this movie my coveted 2022 crawl movie of the year. Cause this movie came out of nowhere. Like yeah. it wasn't what I expected it to be like based on the trailers and it, and it's marketing and stuff like that. I was expecting to get one type of movie and I got a different one and I really enjoyed the movie I got. I, I felt like very little was wasted in this movie. There's only like a handful of scenes that I'm like, did we truly need that in this movie? But outside of that, I thought it was well paced. I I really dug how slow this movie played it. It made it 
more tense. It made it more chilling. It made it more methodical, which really plays into the character that Ralph Fiennes is playing. Like it, it feels like some, like they do such a good job of pacing the movie based off the way that character would be. And I really love that. Um, I also really love John Leguizamo in this movie. I thought he's fantastic in this. Yeah. Uh, there was just so many things in this movie that I really kind of dug and really kind of felt on a personal level in some ways. Like, you know, being in the the cooking and culinary world and stuff like that and essentially just getting burnt out on bullshit. Like, I totally get it. And, you know, and it's, it's, it's not necessarily getting burnt out on, on restaurants or anything like that. It's you're burnt out on the expectations people have, you know, when you work at a restaurant, that's got a certain reputation and constantly having to fit into the, the mentality and the expectations people have of that restaurant really wears away at you. I mean, I worked for years and this is the last time I worked at a restaurant uh, at essentially what used to be like a local institution in Midland. And I mean, the restaurant had been around for 20 plus years, all this stuff. Like it was the type of restaurant that, you know, you would go to on like anniversaries and big birthdays and like people would go there before prom and, you know, it was like, it was the, one of those types of restaurants that it was like, it was like, felt like an occasion, you know? And then when you work there and you're like, it's not <laughs> like, it's not like, it's not really that type of restaurant. It just has that reputation, but people still impart their memories of like 10 years ago. They still want that shit now. And so you feel like everything you're doing is kind of old hat and, and, and dated and bullshit. And you don't feel like you're like, you get to a certain point where you're like, I'm not even growing. Like, I'm not changing. I'm not growing. We are this way because that's just what people expect. Even though other restaurants are opening up in this, in that town that have the same type of shit and they do it better because they're fresh, they're modern and they are just kicking our ass on every single front, but nobody like even our own customer base that loves that other restaurant too, doesn't want us to change though. And you're just like, fuck. And it, it eats you alive. And so like that aspect of, of Ralph Fiennes character in this movie, like I, I read it resonated with me. Cause I'm like, I've, I've lived that like maybe not to the scale that his character did of being like, preeminent chef in the world type of level, but like just, just the dealing with expectations and even the people that were fans of yours turning on you because it was like now fashionable to do so, you know, and it's just that type of bullshit in, in, in restaurants and in any of these industries, really. I mean, you can apply that to so many things. Movies do the same thing. Music music industry does the same thing. So many things do the same thing. I mean, as much as everybody likes to talk about Hollywood being this like, you know, liberal paradise and all this other shit, 
behind the scenes is still fucking typical ass racist, sexist, misogynistic, fucking terrible bullshit on a constant basis. Like, and that's everywhere, you know? And it's, I, I really liked how they personified that through cooking. And in doing so, also taking something, which I guess you would essentially still call this a horror thriller, and doing something new with it. And I really just really fucking enjoyed the ride they gave us. And in doing so, like I said, it it reminds me a lot of Crawl. I went in with a lot of just expectations of this just based on marketing and trailers and whatnots and then they turn around and just give you a fucking banger of a goddamn movie that you're just like, wow, that just, I, it, it's just like hits at a level that you're, you're just not expecting. And it's like you said, Justin, not too many people saw this movie based on box office and all that other stuff. And man, this is one they should have based on, other episodes we've done, this is what we would call a hidden gem. And it's there. It's not like it was a limited release. It's there, people. Go watch it. Yeah. It, this went wide as shit. Go watch it. But I mean, I, maybe, once again, also, this is some of the stupid shit Hollywood does. God, this would have been a fucking banger of a movie in fucking October, wouldn't it? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, especially the weird thing about it is it's like it's a wild yet also tame movie. <laughs> oh yeah. Both equally. <laughs> but like, wouldn't this have been great if this was your palate cleanser after like Halloween ends? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. <laughs> like if this was the next big horror movie, like essentially after Hollywood Halloween ends. Oh god, it would have been amazing. But they didn't do that. They wait like a fucking month and put this right before Thanksgiving, which is when you're going to like movies with your family and shit. It's like that's maybe what, they felt like even less people would see it around Halloween. I think less people are going to see it around Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. right after Black Panther. Come on. Come well, on. it's also because yeah. like they didn't really tell you what you're getting into with this movie, so maybe they were like the menu, food. Well, Thanksgiving, yeah, maybe, <laughs> but like the AMC oh, yeah. app. Like yeah, the AMC app, like when they do like, like indie films, they're like, oh, this is like the AMC Gold Collection. Or if it's a horror movie, this it's part of AMC Thrills and Chills. This was under Thrills and Chills. They put like the little banner around the movie when you're going to select your movies. You know what I mean? So like this had Thrills yeah. and Chills on it. So I mean, that means somebody's marketing this thing as a fucking horror film. Or at least a thriller. You know what I mean? Like they're marketing thriller it for like sure. that. You know yeah. what I mean? So not during family holidays. It's like if you try yeah. to release like like legit a non-Christmas related slasher. It's like if you try to release like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie the week of Christmas. You're not going to get shit. You know what I mean? Like. So that I just don't understand that. It's I. I feel like the studio and distribution system set this movie up for failure. Mm. And it really sucks because it's such a fucking good movie. 
but nope. That's my thoughts. Uh, recommendations, of course. Yeah. Yep. Recommendations and score. Uh, Heather, go. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. I think it's, um, like I said before, creative. It's artistic. It has something to say very specifically that's done in a very unique way to where it makes you have to pay attention to what's happening and what's being said almost at all times. And I appreciated that about this film. Um, yeah, great casting. Everything with it is, uh, I can't really think of uh, any any reason to not go see this movie, honestly. Um, yeah, it's you're, you're going to like the people in it. You're going to like the characters that they play. You're, you're going to like what they do and where the story ends up going. Um, and even if you don't like it necessarily, you're going to find it interesting regardless, I think. Yeah, I, I, I recommend it for sure. Um, I'm going to give it, um, yeah, I'll give it a 89 um, interesting versions of a s'more out of 100. That was good. Uh, Justin, go. Yes. Um, yeah, definitely going to recommend it. I mean, you've heard from us all. We all were really pleased with this and I do agree with what both of you said as far as it being a a pleasant surprise, a hidden gem. It definitely was um all of those things. And that that was interesting the story that you told about how just uh, when it comes to just kind of what the character was going through from a culinary aspect, you could relate to that. And I think that there's relatability even if maybe you're not within cooking but if you're in any kind of service industry or industry where you're providing some sort of service or you're tr- or you provide some sort of art and the like you said the weight of of expectations um how sometimes fans and people who are the receivers of this art or the the takers, as the movie put it, um, how sometimes they don't appreciate like the intricacies of what you do or the, the, the time that's put in or the nuances that you put in to your, your food, your performance and everything like that. And, and from, and as somebody who performs I definitely feel like that sometimes. I can definitely understand that sometimes. Just the 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 way people can kind of take your skill or whatever it is you do for granted. And sometimes customers, clientele, people like that just don't you you feel sometimes you're not appreciated like you should be. And, and so I get that too. You know, that there was some relatability in that aspect of it too, I believe. Um, So yeah, man, it's even got that going for it. And there is a message in here about that. And when you get to the resolution of this, it's very reflective in that way. When when you think about what this all represented and who this, and, and who this cook and who this chef was and, and, and everything, I think there really is some relatability to it all. Um, and it's all wrapped up in this very interesting, very creative, very sort of innovative thriller story that we got. 
So, yeah, um, I hope that you, you make it to go see this one. I'm pretty sure it'll hang around for most of the holiday season. Um, I know it's still in theaters right now. And so this is one I think people should give a try, you know, give it a go. You probably already seen Black Panther. You probably already seen some of the other like big box office movies. And we've got a little bit of a break until the next big wave of them hit for Christmas time. So if you're like in between that time and you got time to see a movie, it might as well be this one, you know, give this one a go. I don't think that you'll be sorry. So with that being said, we're going to go with, and I know I gave y'all a score on my recording and I forgot what I know. Remember my score, but I forgot what I said it was. So, um, but, but I know the score is going to be 90 and I'll just make up another one because yeah, I don't remember 90, um, 90. Sometimes you just need a good damn burger at <laughs> a hundred. Nice. I get that. Yeah. Shit. What, what did you give it, Heather? 89. 89. Okay. Um, yeah, I recommend it. I'm not going to give my 2000 or my, yeah, my 2022 crawl award of the year and not recommend it. I mean, that's the whole point of my crawl movie of the year. I don't even remember the last movie I gave it to besides crawl. Um, I feel like we need an actual award for this, like make an award so that you can give it out every year. Yeah. I mean, the closest to it would have been very early in the year with, uh, Everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm-hmm. That'd be that'd be it if it wasn't, you know. And I'll give that the 2021 version because I didn't get that shit in that year. So, fuck it. It's got to go. It's got to go at some point. Um, but I mean, no, this movie. It like I said, it it's one of those great times where you you have your expectations, and this movie just goes. Nah, this ain't that kind of movie, bro. And, and you get something different and you get something good and you get like, I was not expecting, like, this could have been a fun movie. Sure. But I wasn't expecting. Realistically speaking, one of the best movies of the year with this movie, you know, like I was not expecting top tier movie making. You know, I I wasn't expecting that with this movie. And it just delivered on every single level for the most part. Like I said, I have some small changes here and there I would have made. But that's when you get like really nitpicky with it. Because outside of that, I mean, casting, pacing, storytelling, cinematography, you know, every other thing about this movie is just top tier. I mean, this is right up there with those movies that we've talked about before with this is how you build tension. If you're a horror movie and a thriller, this is how you fucking do it. Like, this is how you build tension. Like, watch this movie. If you're if you're wanting to create a, like a modern day thriller, watch this movie first and learn from it. Because your movie will only be better 
if you kind of treat your movie the same way that this one did. Uh, with that, you know what? I'm going to counteract Heather's 89 by giving this 91. I don't know what to give it. Um, I don't know. 91 restaurant suicides out of a hundred. Okay. Okay. Oh, I panicked there. Okay. <laughs> I hadn't thought that far. All I thought about was counting counteracting that damn minus point on your side, Heather. So, uh, cinema score on this movie is a 90. I approve. Yeah. So this Fair. is now officially our highest rated cinema score. Nice. Hmm. Cool. Uh, spoilers. Yep. You. Spoilers. Oh, I went a little too quick. My bad. <laughs> I was just trying to hover my fingers over it and they just hit. It. So anyway, um, I thought this movie was going to be a lot more slashery than it was. I thought it was going to be like, they go to this and then the, they, you know, they turn up and it's like the chef goes, you were actually the menu. And like, you know, chasing murder bullshit, the whole movie, which still yeah, can be fun. Too. Don't get me wrong. That could still be a fun movie. But. Oh, I'm so glad we didn't get that. This is fantastic. It is just one of those brutally slow burns that feels so good because every time it gets to the point where it might be paced a little too slow, they do something just right on that precipice where it's you're on the edge of your seat and you, and and you want to know what's going to happen next. And right when it gets to the point to where they drag it too long, where then you lose interest they do something to further you being to to keep you on the edge of your seat to still want to know more and that's the beauty of this movie is it it plays so well with that to where once it hooks once it gets its hooks in you it never gets its hooks out of you because like I said, every time you get almost to disinterest, they just do enough to make you go, well, wait, what the fuck's happening now? And that's beautiful because it's that type of emotional roller coaster that if you're smart, you can do it right. Like I understand a lot of directors and writers and actors wouldn't be able to do that. Because you either pull the trigger too soon or you wait too long. And you either don't get that perfect mix of anticipation payoff and then re-engaging anticipation because you pulled it too soon. Or you let them get disinterested. And that's where this movie is so fantastic. I don't think I ever got disinterested. And it's it's that balance that so many movies can't actually hit. 
And then when you get in, I loved what you said, Justin, when you were talking about the background actors in this movie, the side characters. Every single side character in this movie, even if it's a random motherfucker that gets a line, or just some guy that's solely acting busy in the background, felt purposeful. Like his drunk ass mother at the table. No lines in the entire movie. She kind of went through his fucking story arc. Doesn't have a damn line. And you see her progress through a movie. Yep. Like, I understand it's a progressive state of inebriation. But it's purposeful. It ties back into the overall story. And it's fucking beautiful. Mm. Yeah, I think the only line she actually had said something about what a beautiful boy or something like that when she was really drunk. Yeah. But like, I'm not going to lie. Anytime it just showed the kitchen. That looked like a kitchen. That looked like a kitchen at work. I never like saw them in the background at any point not doing kitchen shit. They were all doing kitchen shit the whole time. And it's great. And I mean, some of the things in this movie have such beautiful payoffs. Like the Anna Taylor Joy, Nicholas Holt story arc has such a beautiful payoff. The Anna Taylor Joy just story with her own story, beautiful payoff. Uh, John Leguizamo and his uh, his assistant, like every, I love how every table had their own side story, and they all paid off. Like it, they all had arcs, they all had development, they all had ebbs and flows of of, of different emotional spectrums. And it worked every time. The only thing in this movie that to me felt a little bit off is when Anna Taylor-Joy fought, what's her name? Elsa. Yeah, Elsa. When they fought in the chef's house. That felt a little off to me. I just don't know if the movie needed a weird, or not weird, but a choreographed fight scene at that point or in this movie. There were some things that did with the story that play into it. I think you could have gone around it differently, though. And I don't hate it, per se. That part just felt a little off to me. Like, that part had a little bit more action and franticness to it. Like or not franticness. Uh, essentially, it, it quickened the pace a little bit more than other things in the movie did. And I would have preferred not to have that, just because of how well they did. So, or yeah, with how well they were with slow pacing the movie. But if that's really my only big complaint. I'll take it. I mean, I and I kind of get that too because 
for that part, I've kind of felt like Elsa's character, like just because of how devoted that she was to everything that was going on, it would have felt better if she was part of like the big, I'm going to die for you. And I want everyone to see that I'm going to die for you kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Like that's what I think maybe felt a little bit off with it is she's so devoted. She's so devoted that she doesn't trust the plan in the end. And that Mm. felt a little off to me. Maybe that's exactly what it was that really kind of threw me off with it. But they still did a good job within the, the movie of she's so devoted that any sense that she had lost favor would drive her to something else. Yeah, that's true. So I, I still, like I said, yeah. I still get why it's there. I personally would have preferred it to not be, though. But if the cost of me enjoying this movie is still that they had to have that scene in it, even though, you know, I disagree with that choice. I'll take it. It's still, you know, still got a great movie. So not going to complain that fucking much about it. And the final thing I want to bring up is, God, I loved essentially how they fucking killed Nicholas Holt's character. That whole reveal and everything just, you know, he invited her there to essentially just die and all this other stuff and it being poetic because she's the one fucking person that lives. Oh, I loved that. And I love like, it's what I don't remember what movie it was, Justin, that you were talking about that just did set up payoff, set up payoff so fucking well. Because this is definitely one of those movies. That yeah. It sets shit up and it knocks it down and it's just, it's so good with how it does it. And yeah. just, I, I loved it and I loved how they equated the whole sex work and the service industry and him being like, no, we're one of the same. Like this is, you know. Service industry, service industry. You're one of us. And I loved just her looking at it, at the whole situation, and him being disenfranchised and all of those things. And taking that and going, I'm going to return you to your roots. Like when you were truly, unabashedly happy cooking. And then that's why he lets her live. Because she wasn't a giver or a taker at that point. She was neither. And, you know, everyone that was a taker was like, they destroyed his love of cooking in the pursuit of essentially just unsatiable art, if you will. And just for the fact that he got to simply enjoy cooking again. He was like, you were the one person to return me to what I loved. And then you get to live for that. That was so fucking great. And I'm not gonna lie. Oh, that burger looked fucking fantastic as shit, didn't it? It really did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it looked really and good. The acting by Ralph Fiennes was great in those in those scenes where he's making the burger because you could just tell he was making that with love like just the way that it was shot hit the way that he, he the the mannerisms and how he was just so eloquently like 
adding the toppings and everything like that. Like it looked like he was just, he really was making the, he, it was like he was really making the best burger he had ever made. And it was just that challenge. And like you said, just taking him back to a time where he was truly happy cooking. And I, and that, and that was just such a great moment. That was just such a great montage. The way they did that was just perfect in that moment. Well, also like, I love that it was also sort of that return to the payoff of him saying that like, essentially she, she didn't enjoy, she was just eating to eat. She wasn't like tasting it, you know, or anything like that. And when she was eating that burger, it felt like it was the first time she was actually like tasting it and taking in the flavors and all of that, that he wanted her to do because yeah, everything else was like, I'm just not hungry. I just don't want to eat, you know? So it was like the first time for her that she was like enjoying eating instead of just eating. Yeah. And I, I loved that aspect too, even though uh, it felt somewhat like a personal attack with the whole Nicholas Colts character. Um, just because, I mean, what he does with like food blogs and loving the food culture and everything like that, in some regards, that's kind of what we do here. We love movies. We love the culture. We love this and that. <laughs> I mean, I know some of the basics for making a movie, but could you go, <laughs> Hey, here's a script. Here's this, go make a movie. Right, I, pr- exactly. I probably have some issues. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if that's you threw fair. me in a Marvel movie, I think I'd be fine. Cause that shit is so mechanical at this point. You can put <laughs> people in shit. And I don't actually mean that as a knock against Marvel. I mean that just as they've got that shit down to a science. Like yeah. you can go in like, yeah, you can put your personal <laughs> flair on like some of it. They, you know, they've had directors do that. And everyone there, especially if it's like the third of a series, oh, you're completely set because everyone there has been through the Marvel shit. They all know it's it's coasting for you. You know what I mean? Like, I get that. I'm fine. You know, but like, yeah, I couldn't, you know, if you gave me this script and all this shit and went, hey, go make this movie. I couldn't do it. You know? Yeah. Like, and as much as I love it and, you know, as much as I in my own hubris would love to think I do and could let's be realistic. I would do slightly better than Nicholas Holt did with cooking though. I mean, that was garbage. That was, you're telling me the guys never even watched a fucking food network, how to cook something show. (laughs) (laughs) But I loved it. I thought it it was so fantastic. Like that whole story with him and, just him being also so ashamed that he wasn't what he wanted to be and that the chef hated him and all these things like, Oh man. And then he just goes and hangs himself for it. I was like, that was a great piece of storytelling. It was well acted. Well, just everything with it. And like, I loved how you got to see that slow breakdown of the Nicholas Holt character. At first it was just about the experience and this and that. And then he's like, Oh, I disappointed chef. And you get mm-hmm. those little cracks and those little reveals. Yeah. And just as the movie went on, it broke a little more, it revealed a little more. Oh, that was so well fucking done. Oh, I loved it. 
And the fact that like you don't even really get to know what Chef tells him right before he goes to kill himself. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> if I had to guess, it was go fucking kill yourself. Yeah, I mean, it probably was because he was it, just like, okay. It, it'd be yeah. that simple. Go fucking kill yourself. You're not but even it's just like, good enough for me to kill. Go kill yourself. <laughs> he might have said those exact words, actually. I could see him saying that. But like, yeah, I mean, I feel like the movie and the storytelling is so well done, though, that it doesn't matter. You don't need to know what he said. And that's kind of cool because there's a lot of times when you're like, why didn't they tell us what he said? Like they made such a big deal about it. Why didn't they let us know in this movie? You don't care. You're just like, whatever it was, did the job that he meant for it to do. So. Oh yeah. Um, Heather, just keep going. Yeah. I mean, and I also, um, I, I just, like I was saying, like, I love that they, at the end there with Anya Taylor joys character, Margot, I think was her name. She, um, you know, like obviously she was trying to survive, <laughs> but also she really did feel like she was just really enjoying that food that he made at the end. And I love the fact that she's the one that most of them and all of them would have considered like the lowest class person there. And she's the one that like survived it all and had the brains and had the understanding of what it took to survive that situation. And I thought that was a really well done payoff as well. So I agree. I think the payoffs in this movie are really, really good. Um, I think the only, the only issue I would say I really had, I I do agree with you about that uh, fight scene between Elsa and Margot, but the only thing, and this is sort of, I guess you can maybe consider this why I knocked off giving it a 90. It's not that big of a deal, but my personal preference probably a hot take is I don't really like how at the end, whenever um, he's basically making everybody into a huge s'more <laughs> to kill them in the fire and everything. I I don't really like how it became that they all were just so resigned to it. Like, I guess I get them being resigned to it because they, they weren't going to make it out of there and they knew that. But just the the fact that they were just like on board for it, like just that weird turnaround of like, they were just like, okay, yes, chef, thank you for this opportunity. Like, even if you were just, you knew you were going to die and you knew you weren't making it out of it. I just feel like, especially with those characters and who they were prior to this meal they were having, I just feel like they would have all been freaking out still or still trying to fight their way out of it. And so I think that, the fact that all of them were just like, yes, I'm so ready to just die as a s'more for you. Like that was the only thing for me that was just a tad bit off because I was like, I get understanding that you're not making it out, but I don't know if it were me, I would still be like terrified and sobbing and just that's it. Like I wouldn't have just been like, thanks for this opportunity, you know, but I get it was for the the art aspect of it, but that was the only thing for me that I would have probably done a little differently, but I know it also kind of adds to the quirkiness and sort of dark humor of the movie. (laughs) But for me, it was just like, I feel like they wouldn't have been that way. Like with just everything that these characters were, were up to this point, they were broken down a little bit from the beginning until the end, but I just feel like they would have still been trying to claw their way out or, you know, persuade themselves out of it in some way. But 
just preference for me. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, that's the only reason I guess I wouldn't give it a full A. But see, the way I looked at it is for us, it was an hour and 47 minutes. For them, it's like eight, nine hours, 10. You know, it's, it's, it's a long, long time. And that's yeah. why, to me, I did accept the fact that they were just emotionally and mentally destroyed at that point. Like, they were dead. They just weren't physically dead. Like, mentally and emotionally, they were gone. They just weren't physically ended yet. And so I think that that's why I accepted it. And on top of that, too, and I like that you brought this up, and I wish I had said it. This is a very dark comedy at times it's got some really great funny moments that are dark and twisted and make you question your own morality it is so (laughs) fucking dark at times but it makes you laugh and i loved that about this movie but that's why i accepted it is to me it was like i accepted it as hours of breakdown versus you literally watching for just an hour and 47 minutes And I guess that's fair because even when we see other movies where you know it's been a longer period of time or it's like a held captive movie, you understand that they've been there for a lot longer. But I guess in those instances, it's just a different feel of a movie. So you you feel like they've been there longer than they have. So maybe that's maybe that was the, you know, the the part of it that didn't quite stick for me with it. But and I totally get that I might be the only one that had it just made me feel a little cringe, like <laughs> with that, that ending, you know, like but, definitely a lot of other things were cringe in the movie, but it almost felt cultish at the end. And I'm just like, well, this took a weird turn that I just wasn't, I wasn't seeing them just being super like on board with it, you know? Yeah. But I, that's what I liked about it. There was cultish because like the whole rest of the movie yeah. was cultish. Like I love that. But I want to say this though, real quick. The people in the kitchen were, yeah. Yeah. Is that you came up with unintentionally the best Weird Al Yankovic cover song ever, which is you do a Prince or a cover of Prince's I Would Die For You and Weird Al Yankovic (laughs) versions with I Would S'more For You. That'd be fucking fantastic. (laughs) You need to pitch this. Yes. (laughs) I Would S'more For You. God. (laughs) I can see the video now, actually. That's yeah, a just great recreate, idea. The, recreate the end of this movie just with Weird Al. Have them all be cultish and everything. Him just singing the song, That's lighting true. himself on fire. And it's I Would S'more For You. Oh, my gosh. I need this now. I totally need this. Um, but no, I mean, and and it really is a preference thing. But and, and you're right. It does line up with the cultish mentality that all of the other, you know, people in the kitchen had as well. But I guess I really more expected it to be like a they're resigned to the fact that they're going to die. And so they're more just like, you know, either apologizing to each other or like kind of like what John Leguizamo and his assistant did at the table when they're like, yeah, I'm, you know, whatever, like I'm a fraud. I made a bad movie, like all these things that they were saying. I guess I just expected that's what they were going to do at the end when they knew they were dying. Like everybody was going to be like, you know, the old couple was going to be like, you know, I know you cheated with an escort, but I forgive you. Like, I just thought it was going to be more of that type of thing when they were ending it, as opposed to thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of this experience. Like it just, 
I don't know. That part of it was just like very jarring for me for some reason. And I can't, I, yeah, I guess I still can't quite pinpoint why, but I just saw that ending being a little bit different with the characters that they had, but I see why they did it. I just think something was a little bit amiss with that specific part of it for me. All of the other parts of it, though, like even when they're like, yeah, we're going to take you outside. We're going to give you a head start and then we're going to just have our chefs run after you and try and uh, find you, bring you back. And like all of that was just wild. But you're like, I, I it makes sense for what he's doing. Like <laughs> totally just I'm not shocked by that part of it. That wasn't the thing that weirded me out for whatever reason. So, um, but yeah, I, I do think. I really also liked those moments when they were sort of being vulnerable because they knew the dire situation they were in, like all of the ladies at the table, you know, and Anya Taylor joy is like, yeah, this is actually who I am. And like, just everybody's sort of starting to be like, yep, I know your husband because of this and whatever else. And, you know, that was kind of a, an interesting thing that they did that I liked with it. Um, and I did like John Leguizamo's character. I thought he was very funny. Um, he just, I feel like he just is, he's hes a really good actor in general. Like, I don't think he necessarily picks the best movie sometimes, but he's like a really good actor. Um, and I, the part, yeah, too, when it was like, you know, he's asking the chef, like, why he decided to have him in this. And he's like, I just didn't like your movie. You wasted my time kind of thing. That was just like, wow, like, you know, and his reaction to that and just everything that how that whole thing played out was just really entertaining. But um, I don't know. I think that. Um, yeah, just I'm trying to think of the word I'm looking for for it, but it was again, like I just go back to saying it was a wild yet also tame movie. Like it was very subtle, like and I think it's because of chef and how he was his personality with it where he's doing these absolute bonkers things but it just made so much sense in his own mind that the way that it's portrayed in the movie is just like it's completely normal and that let's all just be very calm about this totally fine like <laughs> just very strange you know and yeah I think it and, and I also like the fact that um very much um, what, you know, our new slogan is for this podcast of pro slut, pro Sydney. <laughs> I do enjoy that, you know, Anya Taylor-Joy is just very like, she's like, yeah, I actually, I like what I do. Or I used to like what I do before people became so like how they are about things in the world these days. You know, like the fact that she wasn't trying to make any sort of apologies or necessarily hide who she was or what her profession was. Um, I think she was in a sense hiding from the older couple because she felt weird that the fact that his wife was there, but she wasn't really apologetic of what she did for a profession. And I kind of, I, I respected that aspect of it because a lot of movies where you have a character that is in that line of business, they're ashamed of it or they don't want to tell anybody and whatever. And she was just like, yeah, I like what I do. That's why I'm doing it kind of thing. You know, and I just thought that was an interesting perspective. But I think also her kind of like what Sterling said, where, you know, no, it's it's a customer service thing. <laughs> like, that's what it is. 
And that's why you're one of us. And just that mutual understanding that they had of what it's like in that customer service line of business and just the understanding and the respect that they, that he kind of had for her low key was it added a really fun element and interesting element to the movie. Um, you know, and she was just so quick on her feet and so smart and like remembering the picture she saw of him with the hamburger and how happy he looked and, you know, coming up with this plan in her mind of, okay, how am I going to try and get out of this? And just played exactly to the things that she knew were going to get to him in a good way. And I thought it was so well done. And like, but even up till the very end, I was like, is he actually going to kill her? Did he like put some poison in this burger because it's just a burger? Like, (laughs) I just didn't know what to expect from any part of this movie. And I'm so glad that she did live because you see that he honestly was like so happy that she did what she did when she's like, no, I want you to make me a burger and fries. That's all I want. I don't want any of this fancy stuff. I just want cheese. I want, just make it. I want it. You know, and that's the only thing he ever wanted for these people. And yeah, I I just thought it was really, yeah, payoffs, 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 all the payoffs. It was really cool. Um, Yeah. And I just, I don't know. It's, you just leave that movie not confused, but just like take it aback because you're like, who came up with this? Even Even to the point with the when they're telling the menu names for the food that they're serving and everything and like they're just putting all of the details of what's on that menu and when they did Tyler's thing or whatever like Tyler's bullshit or whatever (laughs) they just put like what he was doing on there (laughs) it was just very clever and like super dark humor but it worked for the type of movie they were doing so yeah I don't know it was just a fun time because you're you're the whole time you're like I don't know what's about to happen at any given moment in this movie but at the end of it you're like that was definitely a worthwhile ride for sure Justin yeah um a a lot of the elements that you guys talked about I definitely enjoyed as well and um and I just spoke about um, earlier back in our um, non-spoilers about just how this movie was able to just sustain its momentum with how it was building the story and everything like that. And I think that that's definitely true because as you're going through and we arrive to this island and we meet this cook and we see how just dedicated the the other his assistant is and and these other chefs and everything like that like the other cooks and everything like you just are as it's building you're just wondering okay what exactly is this and i was definitely in your shoes sterling where i thought that it was going to somehow be revealed that these people are the menu or maybe people start missing and then all of a sudden meals are being made and coming out. And then, you know, there's some sort of reveal that, oh, you're eating human beings or, you know, I just thought it was going to be something crazy like that. But then you start meeting these characters and the acting performances are so good with all of these side characters at these different tables. You're just intrigued by the conversations that people are having. And you're just kind of like you're intrigued 
But in the back of your mind, you're just like, okay, where exactly are we going with this? And I just was asking myself that constantly. And then, you know, you're getting these meals and it's like first the, you know, the opening entree or whatever the or the appetizer. And it's giving you what the appetizer is. And he's explaining like, this is why we did this. And the, the reason why is because this is a part of me. And so you're getting the sense that, okay, he's telling this story about himself. So, so the, the, so you're getting the sense, okay, the theme is obviously him, but they just weren't giving anything to you right away. And so you're still, even though you're, you're intrigued and visually you're seeing all these great dishes and, and it's shot so well, but you're just asking yourself, okay, what exactly is going on here? And then the first person, the, the, then the guy comes out and, you know, shoots himself and you're like, oh my gosh. And then, and, you know, and, and that happens and you're like, okay, that was crazy. But, 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 and you're like, but I still don't really know what this is because it's a person killing themselves. Right. So you, you kind of get it, you know, they explain why it happened and why that person was a failure, this, that, and the other. Um, uh, Ralph Fiennes explains it, but you still don't really understand why this happened and, and, and what's going on. And, you know, all of a sudden he gets pulled to the back and like Tyler's reaction to that, or really just non-reaction to that. You know, I, I loved how Tyler is just still sitting there focused on yeah. the food or what he's eating and he kind of no-sells it. And you're like, okay, this guy's freaking weird. Like, I love what it was doing with you, with these characters and with the story, how you're still wondering what's going on at this point and what what is the point of that or what what, what exactly is this? And then Tyler... At first, he just sort of comes off as a, a real fan of this. You know, you're just like, okay, he's just a fanboy. He likes the, the the culinary arts. He appreciates what's happening. But then whenever he just sort of ignores that suicide, you're like, okay, something is wrong with him. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like Adia, yeah, you were right. Like something is weird, weird with him and weird about all this. So. Again, you know, the wheels are turning and you're just wondering, okay, where is this going? And then as it goes along and you get more of um, our chef revealing more about himself and how that tied into the dishes. And then you're, and then all of a sudden you're seeing these people die in these different ways. And then finally he says, oh yeah, you're all, everybody's going to die. You know, he kind of says, yeah, everybody's going to die. And by the time you get to the third act of this and you realize that, that, that all of these people are here because they are these takers, they, they took his passion for cooking away from him in some sort of way, whether it was the critic or whether it was a, a, a you know, um, a, a, a filmmaker or I'm not a filmmaker, but an actor who just happened to be in a movie when he had a day off and he didn't enjoy his movie. Like just whatever, whatever contributed to his disdain, you know, during his time when, when he was losing this passion as a cook, it was just like everybody was guilty. Everybody was there for a specific reason for making him feel a certain way in that moment. So 
all of, and I say all of that to say, so when we get to the end of this and Anya Taylor's character, when Margot starts hitting him suddenly with all of these, with all of these complaints and disappointments and, you know, I'm still hungry. I didn't enjoy any of this. You know, none of this was good and everything like that. You you begin to understand why then on on almost an impulse, which he was intrigued with her the whole time because he kept saying you weren't invited to this and he kept trying to figure her out. And he didn't feel like he was quite understanding her and he was trying to understand her because if she's going to die, he needs to have a reason. You know, he needs to have a reason to want to kill her. And then finally he felt like he got that reason when the, when the Elsa thing happens and all of that happens and she breaks into where she's not supposed to be then. Okay. Then he kind of felt like he had his reason, but then when she started revealing those complaints, it was like, Oh, he was like intrigued again. And she reached a part of him that nobody else did, you know, in, in that moment. And so I like how, you know, when he decides to make that burger at the same time, there was just that impulsive sort of decision to let her go. You know, somebody finally reached him in a way that nobody else had, you know, as you guys said. And so him letting her go in that moment for sort of helping rekindle his passion just one last time, just for those few moments, I thought that that was just very beautiful in a way, you know, even though all of this horrible stuff is happening and, you know, he's killing all these people and ended himself. That was a very like poignant moment given the story that we had. And it almost lends itself to say like, it almost doesn't matter what you do. You know, this is going to be like a hella murder, suicide, cultish suicide type shit. But if it's done right, if it's executed well, if we understand the character motivations, you roll with it. And that, and that's sort of what happened in that moment. And I love, like, the rationale for why he was cooking them as s'mores. Like, his rant about why it's a s'more and why a s'more is bullshit and it's this just this great pastime and it's like this legendary treat or dessert but really it's just made of nothing but processed stuff. There's no art to it. It's just a bunch of processed stuff put together in between processed graham crackers. And this is a great American treat. And just like, I loved how he talked about the audacity of it all. Like, and how you could just feel his anger because he felt like he was really an artist when it came to cooking and how he felt so unappreciated. And why does this s'more thing get to be appreciated? So yeah, that's how all of you are going to be cooked like a damn s'more. It's (laughs) almost like it's your fault for letting something so artificial and processed and done with just as little quality as possible. It's your fault that this prevails as like an American classic. I just loved all of that. I loved all of that. It perfectly fit his character. It perfectly fit who he was. So, and that was just one example, but in that way, all of his actions 
made sense why he was doing this made sense, why he felt like he needed to do this made sense and why he felt like he wanted his life to end this way all made sense. Like all of it did. So yeah, man, I just really thought this was excellent. Just storytelling for all the other things that did well, the camera shots, the, the casting and all of that. This is just an excellent story. Like even if you had other actors who didn't portray these parts as good, I would have got to the end and this would have worked for me. Like even if you would have had like, not not as great of sets and, you know, you have to do this like $10,000 cheaper and not everything looked as extravagant and all this stuff. I think the story of this is so good. You, you could have almost had lesser quality everything and I still would have really liked it. Like it's that kind of quality storytelling to me. So, yeah, that was all I had. And it makes it that much better when the acting and the cinematography and the set pieces are on that level. Yeah. It just, it seals the deal. Uh, Yeah. One other small change I would have made, and it's, I think it would have just made a joke land even better than it already did. A very amazing joke. Is it's the joke that Heather brought up with, oh, he just wants to kill that guy because, He had one day off in like two weeks and he wasted his time watching a shitty movie. And I get that. I've felt that exact same thing before. (laughs) And so he wanted to kill him just because of that. And then there's a scene where supposedly a Coast Guard guy shows up. And he's like, oh, me and my wife loved you in that movie. And then he's like, oh, great. Yeah, I'll give you an autograph. Like. And then it turns out, no, that guy's actually a chef and it was all a thing to get people's hopes up that they might survive. I think it would have been a little bit better if the Coast Guard guy was like, oh, man, I loved you in that movie and all this other stuff. And he starts walking away. And then he just gets like a meat cleaver to the head because the chef is just insulted that someone liked that movie. That I honestly thought he was going to kill him for it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just think that would have been a little funnier just because it would have added a little bit more to how much he hated that movie. Yeah. The idea that somebody liked it yeah. means they should die. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they should die too. <laughs> but I still liked it. You know what I mean? I still think it was a good payoff and all those other things. I just think it would have added a little bit more to the dark humor. Yeah. If that's how that scene played, like played out like, Oh, you liked that movie death. You know what I mean? I just think that that would have been like a little thing Yeah, that I would have added to it. I agree. I think that would have been like, <laughs> it would have been crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, but also like just with Nicholas Holt's character, Tyler, like, I with the whole thing we're talking about with his story arc I thought it was so great but just thinking back on it and just what a complete sociopath that that guy was like he's the only one other than the people cooking who fully knew what was going to happen that night and he was just so okay with it like he was totally fine with it he was just like yeah I I knew we were all going to die and went anyway so willingly went to it and invited another person to go with him 
man, like that's just another level of like craziness to his character. Yeah. Well, it wasn't even just invite another person to it. He invited somebody like a complete straight, like he hired an escort. Yeah. Knowing they were going to die. Right. Like that's how little he even cared about other people's lives. But the fact that he had his ex-girlfriend's name on the list. So he was actually willing to even kill his ex-girlfriend for this because her name was on it. And he's like, oh, we broke up. That's why she's not coming. No, that's true. You know, like it's crazy. And it's, but yeah. Yeah. No, it, it it's that those levels, though. It's those layers to that character of, yeah, he's a sociopath. Somebody dies and he's just like, hey, you're going to finish that. Somebody gets their like their ring finger chopped off and he's like, man, I can't wait for this next course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just had to run for my life through the forest. What did you guys get to eat? Let me right. snag a couple of bites of this. You know, and didn't he ask um, Margot something about like what the chef said to her? Like, is it this or is it this? Or I don't remember what he asked her, but something about the food. Well, yeah, he's like, why do you? Well, he's like, why are you getting the special treatment? Why are you getting this? Like, you don't even appreciate it like I do, and all these things. Like, yeah. I just loved those layers, and like I loved even that one part. And I and I, it's one of those subtle nods that pays off later with the whole idea that of why the chef recognized that she was different than ever uh, Anna Taylor Joy's character was different than everybody else is when he's talking to that sous chef and all those things, he's like, Oh, did you use one of these things? Yeah. It, you know, it, it, it makes snow and all this other stuff, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, why didn't you ask his name? Yeah. He's like, Oh, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. You know, which then also pays off within the story. Cause that's, I think Josh, and Josh's mess was him committing suicide because he'll never be as good as chef, you know, and like little things like that. Like, yeah, it was just all those tiny little things. And I even loved at the end, like that the chef himself didn't even like elevate himself past some of the repercussions of being who he was when he was like, the one chef was like, yeah, he tried to sexually assault me. And in turn, she got to stab him for it. You know, like, I, I like the fact yeah, that, that was interesting. Like that was, yeah, it was an interesting note to his character that he even realized that his own behaviors and everything like that added to these things. And it also just because of how like layered this was and how thought out this was, it makes you wonder if like, probably not really, but it's like, did he actually just do all of those things because he needed somebody who would want to stab him and kill him at this own thing? Like just how deep does his mind go with what he's trying to set up here? You know? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like when you have so many layers to a story like this movie did, it kind of gives you those questions that aren't necessarily a bad thing that it, it gets you asking those questions. It's just such an intertwined story. Right. What else? You guys got anything else? Uh, No, I think I'm Mm -hmm. good. Yeah, I think I'm good. On that note, thank you guys for listening to this episode 
of the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com. Facebook, Cinema Slayers Podcast. Instagram, Cinema underscore Slayers. TikTok, Cinema Slayers Pod. Uh, YouTube, Cinema Slayers Pod, I think. Or Cinema Slayers Podcast. No, Cinema Slayers Pod, I think. Either way. Uh, a shout out to Plug Migo and Mundo Ochoa for our theme song and logos, respectively. Give us a five-star rating and review. We'd really appreciate it on that YouTube. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit that little bell notification. All that bullshit us YouTubers say at the end of shit. Uh, tell your family, tell your friends, tell your friends, family, tell your family's friends. And most of all, tell those dear sweet mothers because dear sweet mothers love cheeseburgers. Well, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, once again, as this movie also exemplified too, we here at cinema slayers are pro slut pro Sydney. And we got, we got all that in this movie. This movie is also pro slut and it's pro Sydney. Slash Margo. Yeah, final girl. Yes. And uh, as I end the TikToks, the YouTube videos, and this podcast, just remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner. Well, there's no doubt in my mind what's going to be on my menu this week. You're going to have to give me a good burger, man. Yeah. For sure. Like a legit burger. Yeah. Like a restaurant burger. Yeah. Go somewhere and get like a like a real one, you know. So real quick, since we're on the outro, we've got a couple of things to bring up that I forgot to bring up in the intro that spoiler alert, we actually recorded yesterday. Uh with all that. Um, so James Cameron came out about this new avatar, Avatar Way of the Water. And he has uh, said that this movie will need to to be the third or fourth highest grossing films of all time to even break even. So he's saying essentially this movie needs to make $2 billion to break even. And that has never made me want to like a movie to make $400 ever. <laughs> yeah. That's just nuts. That's so crazy. Yeah. It's astounding. Especially like I just, yeah, go ahead. Well, cause the last one came out, it was, me and Jason were talking about this a little earlier. The last one came out in 2009. I was a little wrong. So it was 13 years ago. 13 years and you need $2 billion? Jesus. When, let's be honest, like, I don't really think that the effects and the whatever else look that much different than the first one. From just the vague amount that I've seen of it. <laughs> I mean, we'll have to see on that. You know, because it, yeah, it's, it's always also different when you're in a theater and you're actually yeah. in it and all this stuff. Because even trailers, you know, they they tailor pick their things. So, I don't know. We'll see. But, man, that's just absurd. You're going to need $2 billion to do this. Yeah, that's insane. And, and and one thing I forgot to bring up about this last movie, The Menu. Uh, John Leguizamo uh, has said in uh, interviews that 
He actually based his character on Steven Seagal. Did on, he really? Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Because he's worked for him okay. and just the way he treats people and the way he expects to be treated by everybody and just that he can do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. That type of mentality. So, yeah, he had, he had based it on Steven Seagal. I think that's great. Wow. Cool. But, man. Do you have more Kanye news? No. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Just, yeah. That's, oh, oh. Well, I mean, yeah, as of today, him and Kim are finally divorced. Officially. Okay. Okay. So. Okay. I guess that's more news. Yeah. But. Eh. Oh, the joys. Yeah, or something. Yeah, or something. Yeah, or something. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm out.